Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Just and the Suffering podcast, featuring New York sports talk from a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. I've got a good show for you today, our final show of 2018. Got a lot to talk about today, including college football, which I haven't really done much of on the podcast, but today I'm going to be joined by a friend of mine, Will Smith, who we last heard from in week four of the NFL Show Me the Money Picks. He's a big college football guy. He's going to be catch up on the sport, some of the big headlines from this season, what to look forward to in the upcoming college football playoff this Saturday, and more. That's coming up. Speaking of Show Me the Money, we are back for that final week of the NFL regular season. Standings in the pick challenge are tight. I am up only a half game with one week to go in the regular season. That could go either way. So I have one final guess for that challenge. That's coming up as well. Also, a little bonus for you guys today. As you know, I've dabbled a little bit in TV and movies in the podcast. Talked about some Creed, some Marvel. We're going to give you a little bit of a bonus segment today about entertainment in 2019. Some big TV shows coming out, big movies. We're going to discuss that. Also, make sure you stick around for this week's two-minute drill where I talk about what you would do if you had the opportunity to have lunch with the owner of your favorite professional sports team. Several lucky New York Mets fans are going to have that opportunity to have lunch with Jeff Wilpon. We're going to discuss that. We'll get it all rolling in this week's opening tip. We're going to take a look at the big stories from the NFL this past weekend and what the playoff picture looks like entering the end of the regular season. We get it all rolling right after this. Foles steps up. Foles delivers. Deep one. One-on-one. It's caught. Aguilar. Bye-bye. Touchdown. Eagles. 83-yard bomb. And this is a thing of beauty. High arching, stepping up in the pocket, letting it go for all he's got. Gets behind Matthew and see you later. What a throw by Foles. All right, and we're back. Just end the suffering podcast. This week's opening tip. That call you just heard of the Nelson Aguilar touchdown pass from Nick Foles, courtesy of Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts from CBS Sports. It's a big weekend in the NFL. A lot of movement, a lot of change in the standings. Let's get it started. On Saturday, where the week began, Ravens, Baltimore Ravens, set the tone for the week with the big upset of the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers, who had the extra rest coming off that big win in Kansas City against the Chiefs, squandered that momentum, now are again back in the wild card position. Could have been in division lead if they held on because the Chiefs went on to lose this week. But instead, the Ravens now closing in on the playoffs. Lamar Jackson and that unorthodox offense, which is entirely run-centric, now 5-1 and one as the starter in Baltimore. And they continue to take advantage of the fact that teams are just not prepared for how they play in this day and age. It's kind of like what happened in 2011 with Denver and Tim Tebow when they literally just ran the ball, played defense, and nobody could stop them. And they got to the playoffs in one round. Now, it's not to say that Lamar Jackson is Tim Tebow. I think he's more talented throwing the football than Tim Tebow is. But Baltimore's formula of running the ball 35, 40 times a game is very tough for opposing teams because... If they're successful and they're getting first downs, they are keeping your offense off the field and they are limiting the amount of possessions you get. 
and then you get the ball and you say, oh, wow, I have to do something with this possession. I have to make something happen. And then maybe your quarterback forces the issue. Their defense is opportunistic, makes a pick. All of a sudden, they have a short field and they get in the end zone. That makes them very dangerous in the playoffs and a very tough out. Chargers, not worry about them. That They're a good team. They're going to go on the road in the playoffs most likely. But big threat to win the Super Bowl either way. The other Saturday game, the Redskins put up a good effort, but they were down to the fortunate quarterback. It showed Tennessee picks up the win. The Titans go to 9-6 on the year. Another good effort from Derrick Henry. 29 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. And they need every one of those carries because Marcus Mariota got hurt again. Mariota left that game early without being called a stinger, and he did not return. Blaine Gabbert had to pull the game out for the Titans. Titans need Mariota healthy if they're going to win their game next week. They have to win to get in the playoffs. They host the Colts next Sunday night in a big game for both teams. And right now, they need Mariota healthy. Speaking of the Colts, they dug themselves quite a hole against the Giants last week. They were The Giants were up 14-0 before you could even blink. But the Colts, to their credit, fought back, came back to win 28-27. And now they are 9-6 as well. Thanks to some help from other teams, they are in position to make the playoffs with a victory. The Giants, another brutal loss for them. Another game they easily could have had if they just closed the game out. Instead, they're going to wrap up their year with the Cowboys, who have nothing to play for next week. Actually, neither team really does next week, but we'll get to that. As far as the Colts are concerned, I think, again, I like them a lot. I think they're the hottest team in the league. 8-1 over their last nine games. And watch out. If they get in. And right now, they would be the sixth seed at the playoffs. Sorry, today. And they would go to Houston first round. They could go on a run. Andrew Luck has playoff experience. He has playoff wins under his belt. Their offensive line is playing very well. He's not been sacked a lot. Their defense is hit or miss, but they have some good players on it, like Darius Leonard. But if they get in... They are a huge threat to advance in the playoffs, especially in the AFC. It comes more and more wide open by the week as the Chiefs, the Chargers stumble, the Patriots look vulnerable, the Texans have stumbled a bit of late. AFC really is wide open. All right, let's congratulate the playoff teams. There was some clinching going on this week. Dallas Cowboys beat Tampa Bay easily, win the NFC East. Good for them. The team looked dead and buried at after they lost the Titans on Monday night back in the middle of November. Instead, they are now 9-6, and six, locked into the four seed, can take it easy against the Giants this week and get ready for a playoff matchup with Seattle, probably hosting them the first week of the playoffs. Should be fun there. Another team, congratulations, New England Patriots. They beat Buffalo 24-12, have clinched their 10th consecutive AFC East title. That says a lot about the pitiful state of that division. The other three teams can never put up a fight against them. And the Pats actually were vulnerable this year, and they still are. Rob Gronkowski was held off the stat sheet on, on a Sunday, and he looks old and slow. Tom Brady's play has slipped over the last couple of weeks. Their defense is beatable, but again, they're hosting a playoff game, and if they win against the Jets Sunday, they get a bye. So... That shot the bye, thanks to their pals, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles, again, I don't know how it is. It's weird. Nick Foles comes off the bench late in the season because Carson Wentz gets injured, and 
the Eagles just start ascending, and their offense looks much better than it ever did. And they knock off the Houston Texans 32 to 30 on a last-second field goal from Jake Elliott. They would have been out of the playoffs. They lost that game. They would have been out. Instead, they are right in the hunt with a win and some help. They can make the playoffs next week. Nick Foles on fire again. 35 of 49, 471 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. And the offense has moved the football very effectively. Last week, Alshon Jeffrey went off, eight catches, 160 yards. This week, Zach Ertz, 11 catches, well over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Breaks the single-season record for receptions by a tight end that was previously held by Jason Witten. Now they go to Washington, who, again, down to their fourth-string quarterback. will play hard, but probably going to lose this football game. So Eagles in control of their situa- situation. The Texans, they lost control of a bye. They did close the playoff spot thanks to a loss from the Steelers. The Steelers played very well in New Orleans, fell short at the end there. The Saints grabbed home field throughout the NFC playoffs, and if they get the Super Bowl, they will never have to play outside again because they, they play the Panthers at home this week, Week 17. You're looking at two home playoff games and a Super Bowl in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Nice path for the Saints. Now, the Steelers, this game's all about them. There are some bad calls, to be sure, from the refs, especially that pass interference call on Joe Hayden in the fourth quarter that extended the drive that should have been over. But the Steelers did a lot of this damage to themselves. Two costly fumbles from Stephen Ridley and Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, Pittsburgh has no one to blame but themselves if they miss the playoffs. And they have no control of their destiny right now. If the playoffs started today, they would be out and things are not looking good for them right now. Let's wrap up the Week 16 action with a look at Chiefs-Seahawks. Sunday Night Football. Good game. Kansas City goes into CenturyLink Field, home of the 12th man, and promptly loses. Russell Wilson was electric, was dropping dimes all over the field. And they clinch a playoff spot, Seattle does, with the victory. And you know what? Good for them. A lot of people, myself included, thought this was a rebuilding year for them. Only three starters left from the Legion of Boom defense. A lot of turnover on the offensive line. Seeing some weapons go out the door. But Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson got that team to the playoffs. And they're playing well. They got to go on the road because the Rams already won the division. But they're going to be a tough out for whoever they play in that first round. Kansas City, on the other hand, not bad. They played well. Their defense was at issues. But their offense was fine. They still have control of their own destiny. They can clinch the division and home field with a win over the Raiders this weekend. So, that all that being said, here is what is on the line this week. Because of the NSC where the picture is very clear. The Saints, home field, one seed, locked up. The Cowboys, NSC East champions, locked at number four. Seahawks clinch the playoff spot, locked at number five. The Rams and Bears have clinched division titles. But the two and three seeds are still up for grabs between them. The Rams get it with a win over the 49ers on Sunday. They're hosting that game. The Bears can clinch a bye with a win over the Vikings. And that game's in Minnesota. And the Rams lost. Because don't forget, they beat the Rams in Soldier Field Week 14. So they would have a head-to-head tiebreaker. Those games are the 425 window. And those will also sell the second wild card for the NSC. The Vikings are in that spot right now, and their mission is simple. 
beat the Bears at home, and they are in the playoffs. They have complete control of their destiny. They win, they're in. The Eagles, the only other team live in the NFC, they play in Washington. They need to win that game and have the Bears beat the Vikings for them to get them into the playoffs. The good news is the Bears have something to play for. Those games, the Bear game and the Ram game, kick off at the same time, so the Bears will take the field knowing that they have a chance at a first-round bye. The interesting situation becomes, if it becomes clear that the Rams are going to run away with that game and say they're up like 21-0 at halftime, do the Bears then pull the plug? Do they say, okay, we're locked at three, we're going to sit our guys, make sure that Trubisky and, what do you call it, the Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, Khalil Mack, our big guys don't get hurt for next week. They control who they play as well because if they lose to the Vikings, they will get the Vikings the following week in Chicago. They beat the Vikings and the Eagles win. They get the Eagles. So the Bears, big players in this scenario. We'll see how that goes. AFC, a little more complicated. As I said before, the Chiefs clinch the AFC West with a win over the Raiders. Now also clinch them the first round by and home field advantage throughout the postseason. If they lose and the Chargers win, the Chargers can clinch the division in home field. Okay, that's one option. The Patriots, AFC East champions, they clinch a first-round bye with a win over the Jets. That game is at home. And they have an outside shot at home field if the Chiefs lose at home to the Raiders and the Chargers lose in Denver against the Broncos. So those are the two options that are on the table right now. So both those things happen. New England wins. New England gets home field. Houston Texans are in the playoffs don't have division title yet they can clinch that title with a win over the Jaguars if they lose they can fall down to the wild card spot AFC North very simple scenario here Baltimore Ravens clinch the division with a win over the since over the Cleveland Browns at home if they lose to the Browns Pittsburgh can get the division with a win over the Cincinnati Bengals that game is at home neither one gets a wild card if they lose the wild card is spoken for the chargers have won the other one sunday night football in nashville colts titans battling for a playoff spot this is a true win or go home game or as i like to call it the win or die game it's very simple the winner of this game is in the playoffs if the texans lose that winner could be playing for the division title if not, they get the sixth seed and probably go on the road to Houston the following week. Whoever loses this game is out of the playoffs in the final game of the season. Going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great football this weekend. Can't wait to get to it. Before we get to the NFL this weekend, have some big college football games coming up. The college football playoff kicks off on Sunday. I will talk about that with my buddy Will Smith and more right after this. First down. Remember, they missed it and went to overtime. Just inside the 16, quarterback draw, Jalen Hurts! Touchdown! Are you kidding me? Alabama leads. All right, and we're back on the Just End the Suffering podcast, going from the pro football ranks to the college football ranks. I've talked about college football very briefly this season. I only mentioned Kyler Murray a couple of weeks ago, but 
I brought somebody in to help me fill that role, that niche in this podcast, if you would say that. It's a guy who last heard from in week number four NFL picks on Show Me the Money. Today, he has graduated to the main segment of the podcast. My buddy Will Smith is back with us. Will, how are you doing today? Hey, Mike. I'm good. How are you? Doing very good. First of all, before we get into this, congratulations to your Dallas Cowboys on winning the NFC East this year. Mike, to have a home playoff game again? Yeah, a good home playoff game against probably Seattle. Uh, should be a great game. Seattle's a different team on the road. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That's a week away. Dallas basically has nothing to do this week because they're ho- visiting the Giants and neither team other than to play for. So let's talk about a little college football. And you're a much bigger college football guy than I am, correct? That's correct. Okay, so you, as you know and the listeners know, I've not talked a lot about college football. I haven't done this for a reason because that's because I haven't really been able to get my uh, hand around it and get, embrace it, which is weird because I love college basketball more than the NBA. Can you tell me what I'm missing here? Well, college football is fun. You don't even have to have a team for it to be fun. Uh, you see all these guys that are going to be playing sometime on Sunday, and it's going to be fun. You, you have, especially now, you have all the bowl games that are coming out. All these seniors that want to play pro football. On you know, when you're looking round three, you know, for your New York Jets, you'd be like, oh, you know, I don't know who this guy is. You'd be like, if you watch these bowl games, you'd be like, oh, I know exactly who this guy is. It's a great pick. Yeah, or at pick three, where the Jets are saying right now, in terms of, like, they're going to be looking at a lot of these guys in the college football playoffs. Some of these big guys are going to be up there. But before we get there, let's go to back to the Heisman Trophy situation for a minute. Uh, tell me if I'm pronouncing his name right. Tua Tagovailoa? I think that's correct. I don't know how to pronounce it myself, but I'm pretty we'll, sure that's we'll call, close. We'll call him Tua here for the sake of that. That works. Because okay, Tua was the favorite going to, into the championship weekend. He got hurt against Georgia, did not finish the game. Jalen Hurts came in and won that game in the call we heard at the top of the segment from uh, Brad Nessler and uh, Gary Dales in CBS Sports. So he goes out. He actually loses the Heisman to Kyler Murray from Oklahoma. It's the second straight year an Oklahoma quarterback has won the Heisman after Baker Mayfield did it a year ago and went number one overall. Do you think the voters got it right, that they picked the right guy? I think they absolutely got it right. Because you look at Kyler Murray's stats and all the numbers he puts up, he has uh, combined for, I think, 51 total touchdowns of that team's offense. And, uh, you know, Alabama's good all the way around, offensively, defensively, that Tua just basically didn't have to turn the ball over for that team to win. They could run the ball 90 times a game and still win games. Kyler Murray had to throw for 400 yards a game, three touchdowns. I look at the Heisman as not just the best player in the country, but the best player MVP-wise for his team. And that's what Kyler Murray did, in my opinion. Yeah, it doesn't hurt Tua, though, that he didn't play a lot of these games in the fourth quarter because Alabama was so far up. I mean, yeah, it hurts him if you're looking at a Heisman Trophy stats-wise. It hurts him because, you know, Alabama is such a great team that they could sit their starters in the third quarter and still win by 30. That, I guess, hurts him in the long run as if you look at it that way. The funny thing with, with uh, Kyler Murray now, go back to him for a second, like that a lot of people don't know that he's actually a two-sport athlete and that he was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft by Oakland this year. He had it in his contract that he could play one more year of college football, but now he won the Heisman. Now the quarterback led his league. Maybe he's worth it for him coming out. Do you think he can succeed as a two-sport athlete, specifically in the NFL as a quarterback? I don't think so. Because um, you look at the NFL now compared to when Bo Jackson was there, or Deion Sanders was there, guys that played uh, two sports. I mean, he's been drafted in the first round by the Oakland Athletics. He's about to get a ton of money from them and be high up in that farm system, if not on the opening day roster for that team. Compared to being a starting quarterback where you're going to get leveled by defensive ends on a daily basis, I mean, could he do it? Yeah, but do I think Oakland's going to let him do it? I don't think so. Yeah, let's say, for argument's sake, he chooses to give up his 
baseball career. Decides to go into the NFL draft. I think he's a first-round quarterback today. Today, yes. I think with the quarterbacks that are out there, Will Greer, Drew Locke, uh, Dwayne Haskins, I still think he's a probably mid-first round. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. I think he could be a first-round talent in the NFL. Yeah, it's fascinating to see what he does. I think he's got a big chance to showcase his resume when he takes Oklahoma against Tua's Alabama team in the first game of the college football playoff. A classic offense versus defense matchup there with Oklahoma's high-flying offense at the Alabama's pro-style D. What do the Sooners have to do to pull the upset and win this game? I think what the Sooners have to do is score every time they touch the football. Regardless if it's a touchdown or a field goal, they need to put points up every time they touch the football. They can't go three and out against that defense because then Alabama will score. And um, I think that Oklahoma's best chance of winning that game is to get into a run-and-gun type of game. Hurry up offense, keep the same defense on the field, and I think Oklahoma stands a chance in that way. So basically, they think they should speed it up and not try and just hold the ball keep it away from Alabama. Exactly. I think if they speed it up with the athletes they have, Kyler Murray, and keep the same uh, defense on the field for Alabama without allowing Alabama to sub, I think they'll be able to win that game. Okay, that's going to be a fun game. That's the first game, right? That's fourth. Is that the first game or the second game? That is the second game. That's the 8 o'clock game. Yep. The uh, Notre Dame-Clemson game is first. Yes, I have not seen much of either team this year, Notre Dame or Clemson. You've seen a lot of both teams, obviously. I know you're a South Carolina guy, so you've they've seen them play Clemson directly, and you've seen Notre Dame, like, not the National Showcase games. Who do you think has the edge in that matchup right now? Right now, I think it's Clemson. Um, I think they're more experienced, especially in this playoff, with winning a national championship, having the same coach, having a lot of the same players. Yeah, they have a different quarterback in Taylor Lawrence. Uh, he's a young guy. But um, I also look at Notre Dame. Yeah, they had a couple good wins this year. But, you know, Clemson plays in a tough ACC. You know, a lot of ACC teams surprised us this year. I think they're going to take down Notre Dame in what should be a close game. Yeah, it's, it's always tough with Notre Dame. I feel like they always, when they get in here, they don't usually play well. I feel like there a lot of times that their athletes don't match up with the other athletes from like this Clemson, the Alabamas, these big uh, Power 5 teams they play. I, I, I would agree with that because you look at uh, Notre Dame when, you know, you're playing Navy and Army and Air Force, yeah. you know, once a year. I mean, yeah, you play your USC's and Notre Dame did have a lot of ranked games this year and they did have a tough schedule compared to past years where they had a cupcake schedule and they finished undefeated. But you look at Clemson, Clemson plays a tough ACC schedule and they also play, you know, other teams that are ranked that are not in their conference, SEC teams and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think with, you know, Dabo Sweeney, that's a great coach. Not that Brian Kelly isn't, but I think he's more ready for this than, you know, Brian Kelly is with Notre Dame. Okay, so, you know, those are the two big games. Like, what other bowl game has your attention right now? Like, which of the non, like, uh, bowl, like uh, playoff games has your has your eye right now? Let's watch. The one game that I'm very interested in and probably more interested in than one of these Final Four games is it's called the Camping World Bowl. Not a big-name bowl, but West Virginia plays Syracuse. And they're both ranked teams, but they're both teams that are high offense, high octane offense, no defense here or there. And I think it's just going to be a fun game to watch. You know, touchdown here, touchdown there, 80-yard touchdown run, 80-yard touchdown pass. And I'm looking forward to watching that as a guy that likes scoring. You know, I'm expecting that game to be like 60-50. to And when is that game? That game is on the 28th at uh, 5 o'clock. All right, cool. So, like, one thing interesting about that game is Will Greer is not playing that game, correct? That is correct. But I still think that Syracuse doesn't really play anybody. Also, that Big 12 offense style, regardless of who plays quarterback, is like, you know, someone's always open on that team. Yeah, now the thing about mentioning Will Greer is not playing this game, see that as a trend now. Some of these big guys are going to be top picks in the NFL draft. Like Nick Bozas, like, checked out Ohio State season early. 
saw it with Leonard Fournette last year, like two years ago with the Jaguars. So, like, do you think it's a problem for college football now that you have these big stars that, you know what, I don't want to risk my future playing in a meaningless bowl game and I want to go get ready for the draft right now? I don't I don't think that's, a you know, bad on college football. I mean, unless it's, you know, the head, the, you know, Tua for Alabama say, hey, I'm not going to play in this, you know, semifinal yeah. football game, so I want to get ready for the NFL draft. For these other bowl games, they're just bowl games. You know, after college, you're looking for the pros, especially if you're Will Greer, you're Drew Locke, or you're, you're somebody that's a talented number one uh, first-round pick, uh, per se. You want to get ready for the draft. If you're, you know, a guy that maybe will get drafted in the fifth round, you're going to play, and you're going to showcase your skills. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the some of these guys you mentioned, some of these quarterbacks. Like I raised those that the 2018 quarterback class was started, star studded, excuse me. All five of these guys are starting in the league right now. This year, not so much. The top guy, Justin Herbert, they announced, and we're recording on Wednesday the 26th. He announced that they are he's actually going to stay in school for his senior year, play with his brother who's coming in to play tight end for Oregon. Takes the biggest guy off that board. Now the 2018, 2019 quarterback class, very, very weak in my opinion. Because there's not much there. You mentioned Will Greer, Drew Locke from Missouri, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. He's the top guy on the board right now. Do you think any of those guys can be a franchise caliber quarterback in this league? I wouldn't say franchise caliber. It's not like the draft last year with Darnold and Rosen and Baker. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys are going to be, in my opinion, sub average NFL quarterbacks. I look at Drew Locke and I look at Will Greer, I compare them to the same quarterback. And, you know, no offense to them, I haven't seen them, you know, on the NFL level, but they kind of remind me of Johnny Manziel. Yeah. And where's Johnny Manziel these days playing in Canada? Yeah. What about, what about Dwayne Haskins, who really was no, on nobody's radar for this year, and then all of a sudden emerged, like, lead Ohio State to the brink of the playoff? I like Dwayne Haskins a lot, especially if he goes to the right team, like a Jacksonville that has a running game. And, you know, if they get him some weapons on the outside, I think he would succeed there. Um, if he goes to a team that has no weapons and no offensive line, he's not going to succeed. He's not going to he, he can run, but he can't run like, you know, uh, who, who Jake Allen of this year can run. But I think he has the most success out of any of those quarterbacks to have an NFL future. Yeah, I think... 2020 is going to end up being the quarterback draft again because you have two is going to come out after that year. Herbert will be done. And you think Herbert's a good pro? I think Herbert's a good pro. He plays in a pro style offense in Oregon. Yeah, it's obviously a spread offense, but it's more he's more than a first look guy that Mariota was with that offense. Um, I think he's going to be a good pro. Um, it de- also depends on where he goes. Uh, I could see him, unfortunately, as a Cowboys fan, going to the New York Giants, and that's a good. You have Saquon Barkley to hand the ball off, and you also have the ball to throw to Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard out of the slot. I think that would be a great fit for him. It's interesting because this year's crop kind of reminds me of the 2013 NFL draft. Was not a lot of great quarterbacks. Remember the first quarterback that went there was EJ Manuel, who went in the first round of the Buffalo Bills. He was the only QB in round one, and then the rest of that group. I think Geno Smith was in there for the Jets. It was not a distinguished group that we had there. Yeah, but I look at it, the NFL this year, and you're going to have some teams that are going to reach for that quarterback this year because they're dying in that position. You know, Jacksonville with, you know, Blake Bortles. Um, the Giants, maybe. The Giants, maybe. But I don't think the Giants will do that. I think the Giants will get, like, an offensive lineman. I could see Tampa Bay making a plunge for a quarterback. I could see Tampa Bay, yep. Uh, and there's probably another a bunch of teams that could look for a quarterback in the first round. Maybe later in the first round and not... Because I think these quarterbacks outside of Dwayne Haskins, who I think might be a top 10 talent for a team that needs a quarterback, to be you know early second-rounder quarterbacks or even late first-round quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson was last year. 
Yeah, I feel this draft also has a lot of impact talent on the defensive line, especially. I feel like Clemson has a couple of guys that are very good there. Obviously, no Nick Bosa is going to be the number one pick at Oliver. I feel like if you need edge rushing, I feel like this is the area you want to be watching in these bowl games and watch some of these guys play. Absolutely. Like, you know, and, you know, you said yourself that, you know, you're not the biggest college football fan, but as a Jets fan, you know, you need help on that defensive line. You want to watch Alabama because yeah. Alabama has you know, studs all across that defensive line that are all going to go in the top, I would say, top 15, top 20 of the NFL draft. Yeah, I also want to see their left tackle play Jonah Williams, which is something I actually want the Jets to get because for what I've been hearing, that this guy is a franchise-caliber left tackle who can play in the, in the next level of the next 15 years. They haven't had that since the Brickishaw Ferguson retired. I know. He kind of reminds me, actually, you know, as a Cowboys fan, he reminds me of Tyron Smith. Big, fast, big hands. Yeah. And that's what you want out of your left tackle. Yeah, real quick, uh, in terms of the New Year's Day games, and that's usually the big spot associated with college football's New Year's Day, which of those do you think is the most intriguing? I mean, there's two games that I'm really looking at. It's um, LSU plays UCF. UCF is undefeated. I mean, I think that's going to be a great game, offensive against defense. Even though UCF doesn't have their quarterback? Even though UCF doesn't have their quarterback, I still think that it's still going to be a great game. Um, also, Kentucky plays Penn State. I think that's going to be a great game. Which, SEC which, against which, Big Ten. Which bowl was that? That's the uh, the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. And that's on at 1 o'clock on yeah. the 1st. Yeah. Uh, Penn State's favored by 6.5 in that game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. Kentucky likes to run and pound the ball just like a typical SEC team. And I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. I also intrigued about how Michigan plays in the bowl game. Just now the rumors are about, about Jim Harbaugh possibly being a target for the Jets. I wonder how they're going to play for him in that game. That's also a big defensive game. They're playing Florida, who's a very good defensive team. I think that game's going to be like a 6-3 type of game. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun for your purists and a lot of fun for you who likes the running gun, shoot it out, like uh, all sorts of offensive games. Give me a 60-50 to 50 game over a 6-3 game any day. All right, there we have it. Will Smith here with us on College Football. Before you go, how can we follow you on social media? Uh, I'm just on Instagram. Um, I don't do Twitter. I don't do any of that. But uh uh, I'm on Instagram. It's uh, w.smith1124. Um, I don't do Twitter. And, you know, I look at Twitter, but I haven't really you're, jumped on that train so yet. So you're a Twitter lurker. I'm a Twitter lurker, uh, especially if I need a quick update on, you know, an NFL injury or anything like that. I'm a Twitter lurker. You, but uh, So basically, if you went on Twitter, you'd be the eggshell guy. I would definitely be the eggshell guy. You're right, Mike. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right. That was Will Smith on your college football update. Up next. Show me the money NFL picks for week number 17, the end of the regular season, coming up right after this. Show me the money. All right, and we're back. Show me the money NFL picks week number 17. Final week of the regular season. Got a great guest here with me today to talk about it. A guy I've been dying to get on this podcast since it launched. The great Anthony Cowley. Anthony, welcome. How are you? Thank you for having me, Mike. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Before we dive into it, you want to let everybody know what kind of fan you are. I am a diehard, long-suffering New York Jet fan from, oh God, I think it started in 1991. Yeah, you beat me on the Jet Fan Suffering Index, so <laughs> gotta let everybody know how that started. Yes, my parents were giant fans at the time, and I was fascinated with airplanes. And my dad and I, I was like three years old, I was in an argument with them, and the Jets and Giants were playing in a preseason game, and I told them, you know what, I'm not rooting for the blue team anymore, I'm going to root for the green team. And, well, we know how that has turned out. 
Yes, we do know how it's turned out. Before we get into this week's game, I, there is one story I know about you that I am dying for our listeners to hear. So can you tell me the story of the bat? Well, in 2000, the New York Jets were 9-4. and four. And they needed to win one playoff game, one game, sorry, to make the playoffs. And I believe they played the Raiders, the Lions, and the Ravens. That's correct. They had lost the Raiders game, and they were home playing the Lions. It came down to a last, literally last second field goal with John Hall, who I hated hated watching him kick for the Jets because he just was never clutch. And I think it was like a 33, 32-yard field goal. It was a very short field goal. And this man just hooked it. It was a... They had to make it or they lost the game. They lost the game. I flipped out as a 12-year-old kid. Absolutely lost my mind. I went downstairs and grabbed an aluminum bat. I went out to the tree, because I didn't want to ruin anything in my room. Went out to the tree in my yard, big, humongous tree, and I just started going crazy on this tree with the bat. And before I knew it, the bat smashed. Absolutely, was the barrel of the bat was destroyed, and it was just like half a bat left, and it's like just shards of metal, of aluminum and metal, and yeah. I still have that bat to this date. Just to be clear, this is not like your regular wooden baseball bat. This is an aluminum softball bat you managed to break against the tree. Yeah, as a 12, the Jets filled me with so much rage as a 12-year-old that I shattered an aluminum bat over a tree. Yes. Do you still have the bat? I do have that bat, and that bat comes out every now and then when the Jets disappoint me. I have I have seen that bat come out on two occasions in my life. One was I think in 2010, the regular season when the Jets went to New England on Monday night, lost 45 to, to three. three. The, the bat came out then, mm-hmm. and the other one I can remember seeing in person was Super Bowl 51 when the Patriots uh. blew t- like got, came back against the Falcons and the Falcons blew that 28 to three lead. That's the only other time I ever seeing it come out. And I had a Patriot fan at my house, a good friend of mine. I don't know how that happened. But, uh, yes, he was at my house, and I was extremely frustrated watching the Patriots win another Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, let's let's save the Super Bowl talk for a little bit. Let's talk about our current football team. They blew the game on Sunday, lost to the Packers, despite leading 35-20 in the second half. What was your big takeaway from what went wrong with that football game? Well, I think what went wrong went what went right. I was rooting for them to lose. I didn't want them to win, 100%. I wanted them to lose for the draft pick. What went wrong? They can't finish. There's no there's no defense. They don't have that playmaker on offense to shut the game down. They don't have the big running back to take over the game. And they're just not a good team. They're not a good team at all. They don't have the coach. They don't have the de- defensive shutdown player. Maybe me want to consider Jamal Adams it. But good teams finish. This team is not a good team. It hasn't been a good team for forever. Forever. That that. Mystique in 2015 of them being 10 and five before they blew the loss to the Bills, and that was the last time we were even competitive. It was, it was all, uh, it wasn't real. They got, they beat up on bad teams. Yeah, and they are 14 and 34 since going into Buffalo with that game. So you figure that should be the end of Todd Bowles on Monday. We'll have a nice, happy New Year's present. Now I saw rumors over the weekend that they are interested in interviewing 
49er, I mean, four 49ers head coach, current head coach of the University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, to be the next head coach. Would you like that hire if that was the case? I'd rather McCarthy than Harbaugh. Really? Why is that? I think, well, Harbaugh is, I mean, he goes where the money is. 100%. He's going where the money is. He makes $7 million a year at Michigan. Yeah. And I'd rather have a guy in McCarthy who, I mean, yes, he had Aaron Rodgers. And he took over from Mike Holmgren. I get that. But there was a system in place for them. Did it fall apart? Yeah, but does every coach, does it? Does, does everything last forever? No. But I mean, what, eight or nine sustained years of success in the NFL? I mean, it's not like, we don't have, we don't have Aaron Rodgers on this team. But we have a quarterback who could become very, very, very good in this league. So I trust it more with McCarthy more than I do Harbaugh, who, I don't know, he's a strange duckling. And I don't know if uh, I want to trust the franchise with him. Let me say this in defense of Mr. Harbaugh, who I think should be the number one guy on their board for head coach at candidates. Number one, the man wins wherever he goes. He was in San Francisco. He was 44-19-1 as a head coach. And he got the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. And he went to three straight NFC Championship games. That is a great resume point in itself. Two, I think he brings discipline to this football team, which they have not had in forever. And you know what? They need credibility. This guy gives them credibility. He'll help them bring in guys like Le'Veon Bell and like top linemen and top edge rushers. Get guys who want to come here and play for this team, which they haven't done in recent years. I think both coaches give them credibility because they're both proven winners. But, I mean, it's just which one do you want? Do you want the guy coming back from college or do you want the the pro who's been here and who didn't leave? I don't know. I mean, either way, it's got to be a change from Bulls. Yeah, I think in general, I think like in terms of like the head coaching thing, I compare it a little bit to like Parcells, where like he doesn't stay very long in one spot, but when he's there, he wins. He stayed four years at Stanford, four years with the 49ers. This is his fourth year in Michigan, so if he jumps now, I think I see the pattern continuing. But I think for four years, a Harbaugh would sign up. Yeah, but Harbaugh, I mean, when Parcells came, it's a good reference point, but when Parcells came in 97, Parcells was coming off of a Super Bowl. I mean, he lost the Super Bowl, but he was coming off of the Super Bowl, and he was coming back to New York, and he was able to get Curtis Martin. So, unless, I don't know if Harbaugh can, I mean, I maybe he can get Levy on here, which I have my own thoughts on that, um, but a guy who has the complete pro football mind is what they need now, because... I mean, we went from Rex, the boisterous personality, to Bowles with zero personality, at least to the media. I mean, players talk about him having a, me- a personality behind closed doors. But there's got to be a shift now. I want someone coming in who's a pro- got a pro football mind and who's got the personality. I'm tired of seeing someone mope up there. I'm sick of it. It's annoying. Why, why even watch? Why pay to go see them? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you brought up the point about Le'Veon Bell. This team has a lot of resources to get better next year. They have a, at least probably a top three pick in the draft. Could be as high as one thing on scenarios this weekend. They have $100 million in cap space, and they have the franchise quarterback in place. Do you think that in 2019 they can do enough to make a playoff run? I think, they, I think they could compete for the number six seed, but that means they're going to compete to get – they can compete to get into the playoffs, but they'll probably get knocked out in the first round. This team is not going to be a true contender for at least two years. 100%. They need time to grow together. Darnold's going to need 
if they get a wide receiver next year, like a Golden Tate, or they get a Le'Veon Bell, they're going to need time to play together. and grow. I mean, they also need an offensive line. I mean, a 100%. This team needs an entire new offensive line. I don't want to hear anyone on it is like, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're average. I'm not, I want big, strong offensive linemen who can move the, move the defensive linemen. I mean, in 2009, 2000, it was 2008 or 2009, we got Alan Fanica. It changed the whole, 2007, somewhere in that range, yeah. we got Fanica. It changed the complete dynamic of that offensive line. It taught uh, Mangold and it taught to Brickishaw Ferguson how to play and gave him an attitude. We don't have that. So compete for the sixth seed, maybe, but to be true competitors in the AFC? No, not with Patrick Mahomes. Not with uh, the Ravens, who are now have this running game, or even the Chargers. And I know Rivers is old, but no, I don't think to really make a run in 2019. I think they can be in the playoff hunt in the right circumstances, sign a couple of linemen, maybe draft one in the first round. That'd be ideal because this a tackle from Alabama, I like, I think we need a left tackle for 15 years. If they, but of course, that would involve them passing on edge rushers, which that's a whole other discussion. But they have a game to get through first. They play New England in New England on Sunday. New England playing for the first round by, do you think the Jets have a shot to be close in this game? Yeah, to be close, definitely. To win, no. But I think that they can keep the game within, you know, on maybe a touchdown or 10 points. I mean, they lost by 14 at home, right? Which one is it? 27-13, I think the score was, yeah, or 28-14, something like something that. Something like that with Josh McCown at quarterback. With Josh McCown at quarterback when they were a, a complete disaster. And they should have scored a touchdown late to make that game a touchdown. So, and I know this is on the road, but Darnold is been, has been great since coming back. Six touchdowns, one pick. His completion percentage is above 60, right around 65%, if not a little bit above it. I, I don't see why they... They're going to be close in this game. They should be close, unless they just mail it in because it's Bowles' last game. But they didn't mail it in on Rex's last game. No, they gave they gave him an effort. They gave they, they did. They want to try and win, which is great. And I think it'll be a close game. But now we've had enough uh, lead up here. Let's get to the reason you're here, which is to make some NFL picks this week. Yes. Our buddy Nick D'Alessio was in here last week for the Challengers, and he did pretty well. He went 2-1 and one on the week. He had the New York Giants plus nine and a half in Indianapolis. The Giants were up in that game big early and lost by one, so he covered very easily. That's a crazy spread. That was a crazy spread. Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah, he jumped on that one. He was right on that. He took the Chicago Bears minus three and a half in San Francisco. That game was tight, but they won by five, so he was good there. A little bit of a scare. A little bit of a scare. <laughs> And he lost with the Chargers laying five points at home against the Ravens on Saturday, and the Ravens went in and just stopped them that game. So yeah. 22-10 loss for the Chargers. Ravens are coming on hot. Yes, they are. They're in position to win the division this week. Yeah, very, very hot. I went 1-2 and two on the league last week. I lost with the Saints laying five and a half points. They won but did not cover, so mm-hmm. that's one loss for me. I had the Jets minus two and a half. That looked good for about three quarters, and then it went that went to complete dumpster doo-doo. A shootout. Complete shootout. Aaron Rodgers came back one in overtime. Lost there. I'm going to look back on that game years yeah. to come. Uh, yeah. uh, Rodgers and Darnold playing just both out of their minds. Yeah. So Absolutely. And I did have a win on the board. I won with the Oakland Raiders plus two and a half on Monday Night Football against Denver. I figured the last game in the Coliseum, 
Oakland's giving a big effort. They're going to win this football game, and that's exactly what happened. They won pretty big, so. Yeah, they came out hot. Yep. 14 nothing they started, right? Yep, 14 nothing they were up. I was like, okay, I feel good about this one. I, watched, yep. I actually kept an eye on that game because I, Mr. Ray Fantasy League, I had to see who won the championship, so. Ah. So I had to keep an eye on that miserable football game. But yeah. I gave myself another incentive with this pick, so. On the year, this is the last week of the regular season challenge. The challengers are 24, 22, and 2. I am 26 and 22. Close. A a half game margin, I am in the lead. So this week could decide everything. No pressure, Calby. Yeah. I am making some uh, out some crazy picks this week. All right, so let's give me your first one. Where are you going? All right. Well, I'm going to start with the Eagles. The Eagles are on the road at the Redskins, and they are uh, it's a six and a half point spread for the for the Redskins. I just think the Eagles, for some reason, when Carson Wentz gets hurt and Foles comes in, all of a sudden this is a new team. And I think they're going to be highly motivated. A playoff spot's on the line. I know it's a division game. I know it's on the road. Everything says to, you know, take the points here. But I just think the Eagles are going to be on fire. They really laid them. They've been scoring. Like, I mean, come on. They beat the Rams. They laid a whooping on them. And they beat the Texans. That's not an easy game at all with those pass rushers. So I think they're going to come in hot. I like that pick as well. I think the Eagles under Foles, for some reason. Remember, week one and two, Foles is not great when he plays. Just something happened when it's like you know that saying like like in the set. It's like in March Madness. I always say the coach's name is like oh like January, February, UConn or whatever. I think it's honestly it's November, October, November. Foles for the Eagles because Foles comes in, they just turn it on. And got hot, red hot. Where are you going? Where are you going with your next pick? Next pick, I am taking the uh, the Chargers. They are laying six and a half this week. They're um, Denver. Yep, they're in Denver. It's another road game, another divisional road game. But the Chargers also got something to play for, and they are. I think they're also going to come out playing completely on fire because one, they have they could win the division. Yes, they could. And they not only could they win the division, but they can get a bye. So if they don't come out hot this week. They, I think they're going to get knocked out of the playoffs. First, I think they'll get. I honestly think if they lose this week, they're going to get knocked out first round. Because I mean, they might win and not get the first round by, but they have. You got to be on fire. You got to be playing 100. percent And Denver, come on. I mean, they just got whooped by the Raiders. So, and I know this year has been up and down with like picks, but I just can't see Rivers mailing it in. I think they're going to jump on them early. Yeah, I like that one as well. Two other things to get mentioned here. Number one, I think Denver is going to be completely laying down. Vance Joseph may be on his way out the door. I don't think they're going to fight for him very hard. Number two, Chargers have two extra days of rest for this game. They play on Saturday, and Denver played on Monday. So that's two extra days to get ready for this football game and recover. So I think they'll be in good shape to win that. Let's go with your final pick of the week. Where are you going? Well, I'll go homer pick here, but it's uh, I think there's too many points being laid. The Jets over the Pats, but the Jets are getting 13 and a half. I just, like I said earlier, I mean, the Jets should have lost that game by seven with Josh McCown. I know this is on the road. I know the, the Pats got a ton to play for, and I think the Pats will win the game, but I don't think they win it by 13 and a half. I think Donald's been playing way too well. I think he's going to finish strong, and I think this game is going to be, uh, it could very easily be like 35-24, something like that. I think the Pats are going to score a lot, but I think the Jets are going to score a lot too because I don't think that Pats defense is very good at all. 
Yeah, I like that pick a lot. The Jets have been playing a lot better since Darnold came back from the injury. The Patriots have looked very vulnerable for the last couple of weeks. They lost to the Steelers, gave like a B-minus effort against the Bills, and managed to win that game because the Bills are terrible. And you know what? The Jets could easily cover the number and not win the game. So those are Calvi's picks. I'm going with my picks. Pick number one, I am going with the Chicago Bears getting five points in Minnesota against the Vikings. I know the Vikings have a lot to play for. They have Basically, they win. They're in the playoffs. But people forget the Bears have something to play for, too. The Bears have a chance to get that first round by if the pesky 49ers find a way to beat the Rams. Well, is that going to happen? Probably not, but these two teams play at the same time. Both games kick off 425, so the Bears are going to go on the field knowing they have a chance to win this game. So the Bears are come out, they're going to play hard. They may lose the game, but I don't think the Vikings are going to be laying five points against that defense. I'll take the Bears and the, the five. I think that's a good. I think it's a good pick because what gets overlooked is the Vikings haven't beaten anyone. No, they haven't. The Vikings have just beaten up on bad teams. I don't think they've won a game this year against a oh, winning a team with a winning record. I think Philadelphia might be the only one that's fine. now that they yeah now they're now frosted. They but like. Uh, I know, yeah, like you said, they have a lot to play for, but the Bears also have a lot to play for, and the Bears are just a better team. Yeah. They are. I mean, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins has a ton of turnovers, and you're playing against a team that takes the ball away and scores on defense. So that's a good. That's pick number one. Pick number two. I'm going to the Sunday night winner die game. What I like to call. It. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts laying a point and a half against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. I just think that the Marcus Mariota injury is a big deal for the Titans. I know he's probably going to play this game, but he has not looked good when he's playing hurt. I don't think Blaine Garrett can pull out of the fire for them if they need him to come in that game. And like the Colts or not, I know they have their defense is sketchy at points, but this team is one of the hottest teams in football. They won eight out of nine games. I think they're going to go on the road, take care of business, be the sixth seed, be a very dangerous team entering the playoffs. Take the Colts in the point and a half to win the game outright. I think the, this is the one where I might. I don't know if I'm going to disagree with you, but oh man, on the road, Tennessee's going to be on. I'm not the team, but that stadium is going to be on fire. I think this game comes down to Derrick Henry. If Henry goes off, and I don't mean 200 yards, I mean 25 carries, 100, 110 yards, and a, touch, a score or two, that's going to be very hard for the Colts. Because at this game, I know. NFL has become a shootout, but if you can run in a big game, so I could easily see the Colts winning, but if Henry goes off, it's going to be very hard for them to win, I think, on the road. Okay, that's pick number two. Pick number three, I'm going to a game where both teams have nothing to play for, <laughs> but I have a good feeling about this game. I have a gut on it. I am taking the Buffalo Bills, laying three and a half points at home against the Miami Dolphins. This is mostly a, like the pick with the Raiders and the Jets last week. This is a motivational factor game. I do not think, after being eliminated from the playoffs last week, that Miami's going to care to go up to Buffalo, play in the cold, and put a good effort out there against the Bills. They're out of the playoffs now. The Bills, in front of their fans, who are going to care. They're going to get drunk, and they're going to be smashing tails for the game. They're going to come out play hard. They have something to play for Josh Allen. I think the Bills, three and a half is a magical number. I think they're going to win that football game. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Oh, God, what a trash game. <laughs> What a trashy, like, who cares type of game. I think more people are going to be interested in who gets put through tables yeah. in that game, like the Dudley boys from WWE. I mean, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know on that one. It's like a who cares. I mean, I, I agree with your logic on it. It's just it's so bad, God. There's so many things they could probably put on television that would get a higher rating than that game. 
Yeah, I think I think some of our uh, parking lot football games get high ratings and Bills offense. Yeah, today. very true. All right, to reset the picks, Calvi has gone with the Eagles laying six and a half in Washington against the Redskins, the Chargers laying six and a half in Denver against the Broncos, and the Jets getting 13 and a half points in Foxborough against the Patriots. I'm taking the Chicago Bears getting five points in Minnesota against the Vikings. The Colts laying one and a half points on the road in Tennessee in the winter dog game on Sunday Night Football. And the Buffalo Bills, the one home, the one home team we picked this week, minus three and a half points at home against the Miami Dolphins. Those are your picks for week number 17 of Show Me the Money. Calvi, before we move on, mm-hmm. you are, in my opinion, an expert on the Super Bowl, or the Super Bowl party. Yeah. I have been at your Super Bowl party, so I'd say the last, what, 11 years? Yeah, since 2007. Yep. Yeah. What is the secret to a good Super Bowl party? Food, 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 food. A lot of food, good food. I always have, Mike, 100% attest to this, a tremendous amount of food, and people flock to it. And a diversity of food too, whether it's your traditional wedge and wings, to your you know not as traditional like your uh, maybe chicken parm or your eggplant parm. Just feed people, feed people, and have like a little events that people could look forward to. And don't start at six o'clock. Tell people to get to your house by four o'clock, four thirty, because they're not going to show up for another half hour to an hour. So get them there early. Yeah, I, I feel like you're also good at delegating responsibilities to people at this party. Like, I'm usually at the gambling czar at this party. You have yeah. people in charge of, like, bringing food and, like, handling music and entertainment. So I feel like you have all your bases covered. Yeah, you want to start, like, a little Facebook group with that and, like, tell people, like, all right, you do this, you do that. And then it gives people a certain sense of responsibility so that uh, people are like, oh, well, I'm in charge of this so that they get, you know, they like that. And then they tell friends and whatnot. It's kind of the point where there's too many people in my house some years, so... <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think food and uh, things to do outside of just the uh, you know the game, like make everything like an event. Like I turn the lights, like uh, the halftime show. I make people be quiet so we can listen to it. Maybe not this year because Maroon Five. Come on, <laughs> are you kidding me? Maroon Five. Who? Yeah. What football? I know there's like more than just football fans that watch the Super Bowl, but like they're the most. I mean, they're so boring. They are. They're whole, I can't stand them. Oh God. Come on. Yeah, I'll provide a full report of Cali's Super Bowl party on, in my post-Super Bowl podcast. <laughs> I'll give you an update on that. Cali, you want to stick around and do a little entertainment talk with me? Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back after this. We're going to give you an entertainment preview for 2019. We are back on the Just End the Suffering podcast here with the great Anthony Calby. As most of you listeners know, I don't know if Calby's aware of this, I have dabbled in some entertainment talk over the course of this podcast. I reviewed Creed 2. I reviewed Ant-Man the Wasp. I even had some thoughts on the terrible, terrible ending to House of Cards. But 2019 is upon us. There are some big TV shows, big movies coming out this year. Calby, what is the number one TV show everyone is going to be talking about this year? Oh, undoubtedly. Game of Thrones. If you haven't started watching Game of Thrones yet, I beg you to start. You have about three and a half months before the debut of the season, the last season. It'll be in somewhere in mid-April. That's where they're hinting at, but they definitely have said April. 
uh, it is going to be just going to take over pop culture, 100%. Every single Sunday night will be an event where people, everyone's going to be talking, where are you watching it? What are you, what are we eating? Like, it's going to be not Super Bowl-esque, but it's going to start rivaling something like that where, you know, it's going to be everyone's watching it together. It's going to be a communal event. The show is unbelievable. The show is everything you could possibly want between fantasy with dragons and mystical creatures and, and wool, like these special wolves, to politics, who's going to be sitting on the Iron Throne, to, is all spoiler free, no, no spoilers here, to sex and murder and betrayal and war. And, I mean, there's going to be multiple wars in the final season. So, I mean, they just shot, I mean, they finished shooting a little bit ago, a the biggest and most expensive battle in TV history ever, 55 nights it took them to shoot. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, I mean, they had to do it in the nighttime because of a reason that I won't say right now because I don't want to ruin things for you guys, but it's going to look amazing. They have spent so much time uh, doing CGI. That battle was actually filmed a little bit ago, and they've been spending a lot of time on CGI because there's so much, uh, there's so many fantastical elements to this show, and it just covers every single basis. The actors are unreal. I mean, Peter Dinklage as Tyrion Lannister, or I'm gonna say, forgive me if I pronounce her name wrong, Lena Headey as Cersei Lannister. They don't even have to say words. Their body language and their facial expressions are just so unreal. The music in this show, the soundtrack, the soundtracks are just done so elegantly. They're so epic. They add to every single scene. I mean, there's someone who you can identify with in this show. It's just, it's unbelievable. And it really has taken over the country. And it will take over the country more in April. So six episodes left. If you haven't started, start now. Don't get left out. And he's talking directly to me because I have not started this yet. It's on my list of things to do. So I know he's been begging for about like since the summer to start watching it. So Yep. We went to a Met game. I started then. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Mets, Noah Syndergaard, big Game of Thrones fan. I believe he's actually appeared in an episode of the show. Yes, he did. Season 7, episode 4. He he uh, was on there. He was in one of the uh, – he was in a big battle that was occurring, and you can see him. It was about two to three seconds. And that episode is actually one of the greatest episodes of Game of Thrones. The last 10 to 15 minutes of that episode is unbelievable. And jaws are slacked during it. It's just it's, it's what you've been waiting for. And, oh, man, do they deliver. Also, the CGI in that is just done so incredible. You can barely t- – you know when there's just bad CGI? Yes. Like, you can tell, like, I mean, I know it was one of the first ever, but Wild Wild West, like, that horrible spider. Oh, my God, it was disgusting. I, I give you bad CGI, like, the, like the uh, 2017 Power Rangers, the Megazord was bad CGI. Horrible, <laughs> horrible. This is the complete opposite of that, yeah. where you're like, oh, wow, like, that act, that looks really real to the point of, like, do they ever really exist? I mean, no, but, like, they look really real, so... Yeah, and did you know that Noah Syndergaard is going to have a Game of Thrones inspired bobblehead this year? No, I did not. It's at City Field, I believe April 25th, I want to say. The, the Mets have a Saturday game. The first 25,000 fans in attendance get the Noah Syndergaard Game of Thrones bobblehead. 
Oh, we might have to make an attendance at that game. <laughs> we might have to. Let's move on to some other shows. You've been begging me for a while watching Game of Thrones. I can say the same for you. Stranger Things Season 3 coming on Netflix this summer, I believe. They believe they're not going to exact date yet, but it's a perfect combination of 80s nostalgia and a horror movie. Because you have the show is set in Hawkins, Indiana, with these four kids who are like in like sixth grade and they experience a bunch of supernatural things. There's another kid that comes in. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil a ton, but this kid has some kind of powers, and the love for the nostalgia. The kids are child actors are fantastic. The show is a lot of fun. It's not a big time event either. I think there's 17 episodes total right now. Another eight coming, eight or nine coming this year. I think it's definitely worth checking out if you like that kind of nostalgia. I think it's definitely the show for you. Yeah, I'm definitely a horror guy, and uh, I've heard nothing but good things. I just have to I have to get get into it. I have to start watching it. Yeah. Game of Thrones has dominated my life. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'll you'll be able to finish Stranger Things faster than I can finish Game of Thrones because only 17 episodes compared to 67. That I that's yeah, one. that's true. This is seven seasons of Game of Thrones, and the last season was only seven. The other ones are ten each, so that's true. Yeah. One of my favorite shows coming to end this year, as well as not Game of Thrones, it is the final season of Mr. Robot on USA Network. Show directed by Sam Esmail. It's about a hacker who has like a multiple personality disorder, and like he his it's basically the show is fantastically acted. They mess with time. It's very complex to watch, but like they drop little nuggets throughout the show. And they do creative things. Like there was an episode last season that they shot the entire episode in one take. Wow. Literally, wow. the entire episode was shot in one take. They didn't fake it or anything. It was like 55 minutes. The, cam- the camera does not cut once. Oof. It's very it's, difficult to do. It's a very high-concept show. They do lots of weird things like that. It's a lot of fun to watch. And for you Marvel fans, I know you are one, but you've not gotten to this area of Marvel yet. The Marvel Netflix era may be coming to an end this year because Iron Fist got canceled. Well, that was probably deserved. Luke Cage got canceled. Daredevil got canceled this, this fall. And there's only two shows left. Punisher, which is dropping in January season two, Jessica Jones season three, some point later this year. I feel like with all the stuff that's going to Disney Plus, the new Disney streaming service, supposedly there's a Loki series coming there, and something about Scarlet Witch and uh, Falcon. The Netflix cut their ties to Marvel. Watch these shows while you can. They're fantastically done, especially The Punisher. The Punisher is great. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to come around to them, so... A lot, of, a lot of those shows to catch up on, for sure. Yeah, plus TV's hard to project because you never know when stuff's to come out of nowhere. Because, like, before, if you had asked us maybe five months ago, we never would have heard of The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. And that became one of the biggest things on Netflix in the span of, like, three weeks. And that's one I recommend to you as well. But we're not talking about this year. Let's go on to the movie, which is more your area of expertise. Oh, yeah. I will say... A lot of feelings about yeah, this. If you are invested in the Disney company... It's a good year to have an investment because 2019, they loaded the calendar with movies. Yeah, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah. Let's go. Let's start with the live-action stuff. Everybody knows that they're making their bones on the live-action movies lately. They had The Jungle Book, Cinderella, which dominated the box... Not Cinderella. Sleeping Beauty dominated the box office for, like, weeks and months Beauty and months. And, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast did. Cinderella was, ah. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast broke out. And Jungle Book was good, too. But this year, they have three of them coming. Yeah. Dumbo in March. Mm-hmm. Aladdin... In May. I think late May, yep. and the the Dragon Slayer will probably outdo uh, Sleeping uh, Beauty and the Beast records. Lion, the Lion King. Yep, in July. July. Which one of those three are you looking forward to the most? Oh, Lion King, hundred percent. Lion King, I think, is the greatest Disney movie of all time. I know. If you know, if you disagree with me, I'll debate you on it hard. But I think it 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 is. It's just it's got everything in it, and I. Very, I'm very happy that James Earl Jones 
reprised his role as Mufasa. No one can ever be Mufasa again but him. Uh, I like that they have Beyonce in it as Nala. Um, and uh, I think Donald Glover is Simba. Yeah, Donald Glover is Simba. So I think they have an excellent, excellent cast for it. I think the hype is going to be outrageous for it. And based on the success of Beauty and the Beast, because I thought Beauty and the Beast was fantastic and it hit the billion dollar club, uh, I think it's going to be, they know where the bar, the bar's been set. So they know they have to go above and beyond for this. So like the Mufasa scene, they have to make this heart-wrenching. If everyone in the movie theater isn't crying, it's one of two reasons. It's either you're not human or they didn't do a job well done. So they have to go above and beyond with it. There's so much expectation for it. So I think your initial box office numbers are going to be massive with that because you're, everyone's going to go see it. And then if they do well, like Beauty and the Beast, there's going to be repeat viewers. Like I went with, I went to see Beauty and the Beast three times. I saw it with multiple groups of friends because I wanted to watch it with other friends, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious to see how Aladdin ends up doing this, this year because there's been a lot of controversy with that movie, but mostly because you saw the stuff came out from Entertainment Weekly with the, and people complained that Will Smith was not painted blue for the genie role yep. instead of doing that in CGI. They complained about the casting of the main characters. They complained they didn't really get like an actress of Arabian descent to play Princess Jasmine. I think they had Naomi Scott who I think mm-hmm. was in she, she was in the Power Ranger movie and some other stuff, but like they, I feel like this movie has the biggest boomer bust potential in here. I think it's a big chance it whiffs. Well, Aladdin is definitely Aladdin is also one of the largest move, Disney movies of all time. Yep. I mean, back in the '90s, and it held holds up today. But like you said, there are issues. I don't know if I like Will Smith as the genie. Will Smith as Will Smith from 1997-1998 is the genie. Okay, perfect. Will Smith's not the same type of actor he was back then. Yeah. He is a he's a different type of actor, and you're stepping into Robin Williams' shoes. Those are huge shoes to fill. Yeah, this is like I I mean I don't know if I'm wrong here, but this has to be one of the first roles that's being reprised that was a Robin Williams role. Yeah. So you're gonna be compa- he's gonna be compared to Robin Williams. So if 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 Will Smith is gonna just f- phone it in here or think he can give like an above average effort he can't he's got to be 100% locked in because if he's not it's going to be so noticeable and it'll ruin the whole movie oh for sure the Dumbo who cares I'm just going to do super well let's I I'm going to I'm going to step back here with that one I'm going to I the trailer for Dumbo actually looked very good really yeah it it and I wasn't a big Dumbo fan but it looked real Tim Burton's doing it yeah and they have Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito in it. So I'm a huge Batman Returns fan. I was about to say, it's the Batman Returns crew. Yeah. And Tim Burton, always, if you love him, if you hate him, he makes things over the top. So, and he always had, he has those sad moments. And this looked very emotional. And like, I've watched the trailer a bunch of times. And then I've watched people reacting to the trailer on YouTube. And I can't tell you how many people have tissues by the end of the trailer. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to do monster box office numbers, but I think it's going to be a very good movie. And I plan on going to see it because I think it's going to be very good. Interesting. Yeah. They also have two of their big sequels to animated movies coming out this year at Disney. You have Toy Story 4 after a nine-year layoff that's coming out this summer. And then the much-anticipated Frozen 2 Oof. 
coming out in this, in November. Which of those two things are going to do better numbers? Oh man, uh, Frozen. I think Fro. I mean, you are talking about a. G- I know Toy Story franchise is massive, and I know it was one of Pixar's, like the original, the original. You know, go to here it is, first movie, set the bar. But Fro, you're talking about the powerhouse of Frozen. I mean, every single little kid is gonna go see that movie and go see that movie a thousand times. And all they need, what Toy Story does... I mean, Toy Story has what? You Have a Friend in Me and the uh, the song by... Uh, what's her face? I forgot the name of it. Ah, oh, it's going to plague me. Yeah, it's blank, I'm blanking too. I know you, Toy Story 2. Yeah. I'm there. Big songs, yeah. but nothing. They can't compare to Let It Go. Let It Go was... It came, it came a pop culture sensation. Yeah. So all Frozen has to do... Is have another one of that, another one of those let it goes, even if it's 85% of let it go, and it's gonna dominate. So, and I know Toy Story is massive, but Toy Story is also between Aladdin and Lion King. Is there gonna be Disney saturation? Maybe not, but but Frozen is coming out in November. Who Who's Frozen competing with at that point? Well, you got Star Wars in the back, and we'll get to that at, 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 at that point here, but I my argument here is I think Toy Story, I think. It's going to do just as well, if not better, for one reason. That's two reasons. Actually. Number one, that's in nine years since it's been a Toy Story movie. You've had a couple of TV specials in between here and there, but like the last time these movies, the first one came out in 1995, the second came out in 1999, the third came out in 2010, 11 years later, and this is nine years later. So the audience that first saw Toy Story has grown up, so they're bringing their kids to this movie. And or if you adults like me who've seen it, you'll probably go see it again. And then you have the current kids, so I feel like it's gonna double, it's gonna double dip and make a lot of money that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of people who are our age going to see this. Yes. And whoever has, has kids are gonna bring it. I just feel when Frozen hits, oh my! I mean, I can't, can't you see the little kids going to see the movie in their Elsa and Anna costumes? Yeah. I mean, I. Frozen 2 is just that. Disney's been waiting for it. Yeah. Waiting to release it. 2019, the year of Disney. Also, people people forget Disney owns Marvel now, so Marvel has three more movies coming out this year. They have Captain Marvel in March, the much-anticipated Avengers Endgame coming in late April, and Spider-Man Far From Home kicks off Phase 4 of the MCU in July. I know the other two movies are there, but everybody wants to talk about Marvel about Avengers Endgame, which is going to be probably another billion plus for Marvel. And Def- definitely billion. 100%. And you were not a big fan of that trailer. Oh, God, that trailer. It, oh my, it was a two and a half minute trailer that people were telling me, oh, it's a teaser trailer. Two and a half minutes isn't a teaser. They went into it. They gave you plot. They gave you, but you know what? What was there? What, what did they give us? Okay, they they were saying, oh, half the people went away. Yeah, well, we knew that. What are we gonna do if this or Captain America? Like, if this doesn't work, well, it has to work. But like, come on, it was so cheesy. The music wasn't very good. The Infinity trailer was epic. Thanos's voice dictating it to you. The music was so sinister. And what is coming? Like, this is what we've been waiting for. They gave us a small snippet in the Endgame trailer of Thanos. Like, I want Thanos. That's what I want here. I want another, like, 
massive battle. I'm I'm skeptical on this movie. I mean, the trailer just didn't lay it up for me. Unless they're going to have another trailer in February that gives us some more. Like, what is it going to be? Half the movie, no Thanos. And we're like, how are we going to fix all this? And everyone's sad and crying. No, I want... Give me Infinity War. Give me what you did in Infinity Wars. Just nonstop action. Loki was killed. I mean, supposedly. I don't know. God knows if he comes back. Spoiler alert in case you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War. But if you haven't, I don't know why you listen to this part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, first. Five minutes. Five minutes. He's gone. Like, it was to the point. Right then and there, bam. So, you knew they weren't messing around. I mean, now that we're in the spoiled territory, I'm sorry. <laughs> now that we're now that we're there, the Hulk got his butt beat. Yeah. I mean, he just got whooped. And when have you ever seen that? Yeah. Never. Yeah. So Endgame, what do you? What do they give us? Hawkeye? Are you kidding me? Oh, woo! Hawkeye is was uh, Ronin. Ronin. Oh my big whoop. And it, man. And his haircut, like we all yeah. didn't know, yeah. Ant Man survived. Like yeah. that was your. Like, at least in Infinity Wars, we got um, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. being seen with Thor. Yeah. That was a cool moment. Yeah. Because they were coming together. Like, the, the first time that they were coming together. Ant-Man, I love I love him. But, like, really? That's the big surprise right. here? Let me stick up for Marvel for a second here. Two things. Number one... You were gonna. People are gonna see this movie. I don't need to. They don't need to do a lot for people to show up to this. Especially if you went one of the billions of people who watched Infinity War when it came out. So that's number one. Number two, like again, stay. Spoiler alert: if you have not, if you want to skip ahead about two minutes for this. So like again, half the characters are dead at the start of this movie. So what are you gonna show? You're not gonna. Sh- you can't show Spider Man. You can't show like uh, Doctor Strange or half the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they're kind of boxed in a corner here. What they can show you? Thanos. Thanos is Thanos was the best part of Infinity Wars, and I don't think they should stray from him here. I think they should again have this movie be Thanos heavy, because you know what? They're gonna hit the. I agree with you. They're gonna hit the billion dollar club. But why not try to get to the? Why not try to go after? Uh, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Avatar. Yeah. The highest grossing movie of all time. Why not? You have the ability to, to try and go after it. Yeah. You're not going to with any of the other Marvel movies. Because none of them have the drawing power as Infinity Wars. Yeah. So I think, what I, I really think this trailer was kind of like phoning it in because they knew, oh, we're going to draw regardless. Yeah. Give me something that's going to get me even more excited. Where people are going to be like, where other people who aren't Marvel fans are going to come in this late in the game. I feel like part of it's also maybe, maybe they're waiting for Captain Marvel to drop, to drop another trailer like that. I feel like that's going to be something big coming out around when Captain Marvel does. I don't think they did a good job on those trailers either. I think that there's a lot of the same in those trailers. The last 15 seconds of the last trailer was fantastic. Yeah. Let me see her with them with those you know, you don't want to spoil everything, but I want to get excited. I want to be more I'm going to see the movie regardless. I'm probably going to go see it two times regardless. But for me to go the third, maybe even the fourth time to see the movie to really now try and get into that 2 billion dollar Plus. Plus Club, where we're not just talking about taking third or fourth place all the time. We're going after Avatar. Yeah. You know? Let's ramp it up. Yeah. Let's not let's really get into high gear with this and give me something that you know what? Hit nostalgia. 
Give me more than just Tony Stark being a depressed emo kid about to die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In, a, in a spaceship. Give me more. Yeah. Let me see his suit or something. A more, a more uh, evolved suit from him or something. Because yeah. realistically, this is their, this is it for him and, and, and uh, for Tony and Cap. Yeah. This well, is going to be their blaze of glory. Most of them, yeah. So let me ask you a question here. Yep. Which franchise ender you think draws more money? Makes Ooh. This... Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Episode Nine. Which oh. one gets a bigger audience? Star Wars has faced so much negativity. Yeah, after that polarizing Episode Eight, where either you loved it, or you hated it. Yeah. Were you on the love or hate side of it? I was on the love side of it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I know that there was people who were lost their minds to it yeah. about in in the negative. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. To to go back to the question, I think Avengers. Because I think that Avengers has just been on such a streak of good movies. Even a bad trailer, I don't think is going to derail it. But again, it could prevent it from getting to that all-time, all-time club. Um, I Yeah, I think it's going to be Avengers. I think Star Wars is going to do very, very well. Unless, unless Star Wars just loads that trailer up. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you really can't miss this. Like you're gonna, they they're they're pretty much gonna have to have so many surprise events in this movie, where it's who's coming back as a force ghost? Are you getting Anakin? Are you getting Darth Vader? You're gonna need more than Luke and Yoda in yeah. this. You're gonna you're gonna have to rely on the nostalgia here. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. If the end sequence in this movie is Kylo versus Rey, people are gonna lose. Gonna be very upset. Or it ends on a kid pick, like using the force to pick up broomstick. People are gonna flip out at that too. I don't want. I want to see the big bad. Yeah. If Snoke isn't really here, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So skip if ahead, thirty seconds. Skip ahead. ahead. If Snoke is really dead, that's a problem yeah. because then it's gonna be Rey versus Kylo, and everyone knows this now. So to go back to Avengers for Star Wars, who's gonna do, do more? That's the. That's what people are thinking it's gonna be right now. Is Ray versus uh, versus Kylo, and I don't think people are really that intrigued to see it. Yeah. Okay. So now we got your thoughts on some of the big Disney stuff. There is more than just Disney out there. So <laughs> I'm going. We're going to play a little rapid fire here. I have a list of some movies that are coming out this year. Some notable movies. Okay. Give me a one to ten on um, whether you will you're interested in seeing this movie. Gotcha. Let's start off with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh one to ten. boy. Three. Three. Two, three. Not that in, not, not that intrigued. Guy. I am a big Godzilla one, but I just haven't. Not big. I'd say I'm a guy. I, I watch. Yeah, I'm not that you're, intrigued to you're see. You're a Godzilla it. casual. Yeah, I know they're bringing out all the monsters in this yeah. one, right? Yeah, you know, like uh, Mothra and the one with the three, the dragons of the three yeah. heads. Nah, probably not that intrigued. Okay, the Lego Movie sequel. Oh man. Another yeah, maybe a five, four or five. I'm more intrigued to go see it. Maybe with some of my cousins, my smaller cousins. For me, that's a seven because I'm a big Lego guy, as you know. So, like, and the first one was very fun because people forget that, like, that movie, even though it was made for kids, there was a lot of good, like, in jokes for the adult audience there. So, like, if you have a little, a little cousin you could take with you, per- fine. I would put that higher. Gotcha. Okay. Next one Secret Life of Pets 2. Ah. Now, again, not a really big, not a big fan. So, gotten towards like a two? Yeah, yeah, not a big fan. Yeah, that one did very well, the first one. I was yeah. not surprised about it. Wasn't a, wasn't a big fan of it. So, probably like, yeah, in that same like three, four range. 
Okay, let's go to the DC Extended Universe, the okay. only movie they have coming out next year because they pushed back Wonder Woman 1984 a year to 2020. Shazam, are you in or out? I'll probably be in. I'll probably go see it. Maybe a six. Yeah. But I'm gonna go see it. Yeah, Zach Levy playing Shaz- the cat, the Shaz- the adult, the superhero version of Shazam. Um, there was rumors for a while that Henry Cavill was gonna be in this movie, but huh. then they cut him out, and now apparently he's gonna be out of the DC EU entirely. So they're a mess, DC. Yeah, I, d- I mean DC just did hit with Aquaman. Yeah. So Aquaman's supposed to be pretty, pretty but good. I mean, better than is that a hit for just a hit for them or a hit in general? Probably a hit for them. Because, like, but, Wonder Woman was a hit, but, like, nothing else they've had has actually really hit very well. No, because, I mean, look at their Batman. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Bruce Wayne is Batman. I mean, I'm sorry. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck yeah. So many Bs. Yeah. As Batman. Ugh. He's yeah. an okay uh, Bruce Wayne, but he's no Batman. So, yeah. when that's your go-to guy. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And, I mean, come on. This is his name. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, I mean, so- the dude's got to get a grip. Okay, so so right now, uh, Shazam number one on your list. Of this yeah, of those list. movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's what I think might top it right now for okay. you. It chapter two. Yeah. Ten. Ten. Going to see it. Yeah. Hunt, going to see it multiple times. Yeah. Absolutely. What What's so big about it that made that, that I missed the first time? Um, I think it was a horror movie that wasn't your typical jump scare. Yeah. There were jump scares in the movie, especially like especially one scene. But it was this overall creepy vibe that the movie set, and Pennywise did. He Pennywise was so layered. Yeah. He had so many different layers to the movie that there was so much to to feast upon. Yeah. And there was so much to get into. And the kids were fantastic. I know the kids won't aren't going to be here in this movie. They're going to be grown up, but. It wasn't your typical just, boo, there's a guy, and oh, I'm screaming, and I'm falling down every yeah. two seconds, where it's just like it insults the audience. Like, I'm a lot of horror films just insult, like, okay, it, it, it's formulaic, I know what's coming, and you know what I really liked about it well, at the end was, did they really win? Did they really win? Or how messed up are they? Yeah. How psychologically scarred are they from this movie? Yeah. So that's what I really liked about it, and I have a, a lot of hope for the upcoming one. Okay, let's move on. X-Men, coming out the new one, Dark Phoenix. This is the same group of actors as the first class uh, Days of Future Past crew. That's, it's the same group of X-Men. And that was Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. So I might shoot up your rank, push up. Yeah, I, you know, I really like, I know a lot of people don't like her. Uh, some people are like, uh, some. I actually do, and I think I'm gonna. I'd probably go see it. Probably about like a six or seven, yeah. somewhere in that range. Okay. Uh, Glass. It's coming out in January. It's the sequel to uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movies, uh, Split and Unbreakable. I liked Split. I liked Split a lot. Uh, his movies are are very hit or miss for me. Yes. It's either I love it or I'm like, why did I waste my money on this? Probably a five. If I'm bored, maybe I'll go see it. It's also it's coming out in January. Like Split did last like two years ago and dominated. So like I, can I see don't it. think there's any real big movies coming out. In yeah, January. January's usually a dead month. So yeah. this is gonna do well. Maybe it's cold and I'm like I'm bored. I'll go see it. Yeah. Okay. Men in Black International. <sighs> did you see the trailer? I have not. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. That bad. Bad. <laughs> it's bad. So you go, you go negative on the scale. 
I mean, I have to wait for another trailer on it, but like Chris Hemsworth, as funny as he can be, yeah. just, it was so, there was nothing there. It was nothing literally to grab onto and be like, oh, wow, like, this is going to be a good movie. It was more like nostalgia, 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 nostalgia. I was like, okay. Kind of like Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, it was, I, I, mean, I don't know, that bad. <laughs> was, that was horrible. But not as, I mean, it's going to be very hard to replace to replace those yeah. two, you know? Okay, so you can put it at one, put it at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I, I'm, def- I'm probably not going to see it, to be honest. Okay. The uh, Terminator 6. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a big Terminator fan, but I, I don't I didn't even know it was coming out. Yeah. To be honest, so you just yeah. said it. So zero, <laughs> zero. Yeah. How did How did the other one do? I do not remember. I know they they, they still make them, so it's just a cash grab. Cash grab. Yeah. Cash grab. One hundred percent. Okay, this is one that's up your alley. The Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie that is not tied to the DCEU. I'm definitely. Gonna, I don't know if I'm a ten like I am. Uh, it. it, but eight. Yeah. No, I want to see the Joker. I love yeah. the Joker. Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker was one of the was. You know what? I'm gonna go out and say it was the best portrayal of a villain of all time ever. Yeah. I know I love Darth Vader, but Heath Ledger just changed the game yeah. on villains. And it's the Joker, and Joaquin Phoenix is nuts. So I want to see how he does, and I'm definitely gonna go see it. If it's bad, if it's good, I'm definitely going to see it. Okay, so that's 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 your second highest movie behind it. Yeah. And last but not least, I think this movie might be one of the worst movies of the year based oh on the based on the little bit of like like art and concepts they've released of it. Did you know they're making a live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Negative sixteen thousand. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Was it, I don't is Sonic even like that rele- I mean, is he that relevant right? They still now? make the video games. The video games still do well, but like, have you seen any of the concept art for this? No. Okay, I have to find a picture for you. Give me one second. I'm going to pull this I, up. I just don't remember. I mean, I I love Sonic the Hedgehog game. Sonic okay. 3 was great. I had Sonic and Knuckles. I used to play it with my cousins all the time. And I used to even, I used to, I was a Sega guy, so I didn't really like Nintendo that much. Okay. Let me pull us. But a Sega, a Sonic movie? Yeah. This is... I'll post this image online. That is the image of what they made Sonic look oh, like. Oh, come on. That's horrendous. That's heinous. Yeah, I'll post this. I hate that. Yeah, it's really bad. And there's another post of like him like just like resting on the Golden Gate Bridge. It looks like horrible. Oh, God. You know what? I might go to see it to <laughs> laugh. Kind of like the Emoji movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's trash. Yeah. That's some just trash who's 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 the making the film is it like sony is it like dreamworks is it give me give me 30 seconds i'll pull this up that's definitely not pixar it's not pixar i will tell you real quick i also find the picture of him resting i'll post who convinced someone to dump and burn money on this that's a good question i will tell you about this right now so it's actually got a decent voice cast so this movie is made by let me find it on I'm on the Wikipedia page so it's made by Paramount wow so the ca- wow. the cast is movie Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic uh James Marsden is some random sheriff they made to befriend Sonic in the movie and 
Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> oh my god. What? Yes, this is actually a thing. Jim Carrey, I mean, Dr. Robotnik is great, and Jim Carrey is great. Yeah. I feel like he's going to lose his mind doing it. I mean, he's already lost his mind. He's going to yeah. lose it more. It's coming out November 8th, 2019, and it had a budget of $90 million. That's unbelievable. I mean, within well, two weeks, it's going to be shot. Yeah. Two, three weeks. Yeah. Because Frozen's going to be out. That has two weeks, two to three weeks to make $90 million. Okay. It's not doing $90 let's, million. let's go with a bar here, franchise that probably should not have been resurrected and like made the movie, so... Does this exceed the 2017 Power Ranger uh, box office total? Or no, no way. Because yeah. in the first week, I think Power Rangers did 40 million. Yeah, something around there. Yeah, it was like, I think it ended up like 150 million. No I way. Say. That, that, so this doesn't even come close to that. Yeah, because Power Rangers was Power Rangers first or second. It, Power Rangers was competing with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it came out a week after, I think. So it was back to back. Yeah, and it did have to compete with Beauty and the Beast. So, I mean, I think the number could have been even a little higher if it wasn't released around there. No, I don't. Because I think Frozen comes out two or three weeks after that. Yes. As soon as Frozen comes out, they won't do anything yeah. at all. I can't see them doing $40 million the first week. This might be what we just go see just because it's such a train wreck. And just train like, wreck. Get like, it'll get like a 13 on Rotten Tomatoes. I can see them doing 15 to $20 million opening weekend. Yeah. And then trying to get to 150 is going to be impossible. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's definitely dumb. I think that's even further below Terminator Six on your ratings. Yeah. Oh God. I, why? <laughs> I don't know. But Kelly, thanks for the time. Absolutely. And and nor have a plug social media. But you do not have any social media. I do not. Yeah. I don't. I am a social media list guy, except for Facebook. And he, and he does not even have a smartphone. No, I don't. I have an NV two. I won't. I won't go. I'll be addicted to it. So. I see a lot more of the world than most people because people are addicted to the phones. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Thanks for the time, Ant. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. All right. That was Anthony Calvi with your 2019 entertainment preview. Up next, this week's two-minute drill where I talk about what it would be like to have lunch with Jeff Wilpon right after this. All right, and we're back with this week's two-minute drill. In case you have not been following the New York Mets on Twitter, the Mets got into the holiday spirit. Their social media team created something called the hashtag Mets 25 Days of Giving. Each day leading up to Christmas, the Mets would offer some sort of giveaway on Twitter, whether it was like tickets to a game, chance throughout the first pitch at a game, sweet tickets, prize packs, memorabilia, all you do is retweet to enter. They would pick a winner out. That's gotten a lot of hype. But it reached a new level on December 21st when the Mets' Days of Giving giveaway was the chance for not one, but multiple fans to have lunch with COO Jeff Wilpon. That's right. The Mets gave away... They still haven't announced the winner yet as is recording, but... They have given away the opportunity for several fans to have lunch with the owner of the franchise. Of course, that led to a firestorm on Twitter. A lot of crazy fans going on, begging them to sign Harper, wondering if the Wilpons would cheap out and make you pay for the lunch. All sorts of gifts. Even ESPN's Keith Law got on the fun, saying that an unwed pregnant woman should win this as a troll on Jeff Wilpon. 
but it makes you made me wonder what would you do if you had the opportunity to have lunch with the owner of your favorite professional sports team I know it's very tempting for a lot of fans to say oh I would tell them what I feel like I would tell them what they should do what they're doing wrong with the franchise all that jazz but you know what to be fair I don't know if I could do that personally it's very easy to hide behind a keyboard behind a mouse and just type away your rants and feelings about them but I'm convinced that if these fans got in the same room with Jeff, they would not say half the things they say online right now. They would kiss up to him, find a way to get free tickets. I'm sure they'll ask about Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, why they aren't signing them, but you are not going to do that in person. People are not brave enough to go rant about it. Now, if this was me, be honest, you know, I'd like to have a discussion with Jeff. It would be fun to, you know, pick his brain, see what they think about the franchise, what kind of moves they want to make, stuff like that. But you have to remember this here. Jeff Wilpon is taking time out of his day to see you. And as an owner of a sports team, there's a lot going on. You have a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls to make. They're taking time out of this to see you. I respect that time. Do I agree with everything they do? No. But at the same time, it's pretty cool that the owner of a team is taking the time out to have lunch with some of the team's fans and give them an opportunity to ask questions and stuff like that. That's not something I've seen a lot of the other local teams do of late. And I'm curious to see who ends up winning this thing because I'm convinced the social media team for the Mets is screening these calls and screening these tweets to pick out who people who they feel are agreeable enough to not cause a scene at the lunch. And I also think that I want to see if they publicize it somehow. Maybe put videos on their YouTube channel. Maybe you can hear what these fans asked. But they, I'm surprised they did this, knowing that the amount of negative publicity this franchise has gotten over the years. For Jeff to come out and be willing to publicly go out to lunch with the fan, some of the fans, brave step. Let's see how it goes. All right, that will do it for today's show, our final show on the road and our final show of 2018. I want to thank Will Smith for coming by to talk a little college football get us set up for the college football playoff, provide some insight on the four teams in the playoff. I also want to thank my buddy Anthony Calvi for stopping in, making NFL picks in the final week of Show Me the Money for the regular season, week number 17, and also for having a very deep dive into what's to come in the world of TV and movies in 2019. If you want more good stuff like this podcast, including my list of the candidates for the New York Jets head coaching position, which should come open after they play the Patriots this weekend. Be sure to check out the blog over at justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, simply by searching for Just and the Suffering in the podcast store, or on Google Play by searching for Just and the Suffering in the Google Play music section. Feel free to leave your feedback and star ratings in order to help make this podcast even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M P H I. LLIPS331 and tweet me with hashtag John Hall if you made it to the end of today's show. Next week, I'll be back in the studio. We're going to have an NFL playoff preview. I'll be joined again by Joe Galoizio from Fansided. He's been with me throughout the season. We've been breaking down stuff as the year goes out. We're going to catch up on what happens with the NFL, the end of the regular season, who got in, who was left out, what coaches get fired on Black Monday. 
look ahead to the playoff games. We're going to have some NFL playoff picks as well and more. Until then, I hope you have a better week than Steelers fans. Yeah.